you know, the things I you're agree. touching on is generational wealth. Yeah. That's a concept I know we weren't educated in when exactly. we were younger. Not even in school, no, which is sad. Not even in school. <laughs> we sold our house. Don't get too psyched because you haven't sold it yet. You're an escrow. Do you understand what escrow is? Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. I think it's afternoon. Today, afternoon. I know how it feels like morning, this hot weather, but um, today in our podcast, we have Saucy. Hey, guys. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about ourselves, but then in the market, lending, mm. you know, you know how right now the, the lending world is looking at like, you know, crazy rates and whatnot. But, you know, um, Saucy, tell me a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Uh, well, first of all, thanks guys for having me here. Uh, my name is Sosi, full name is Sosi Ma. Uh, I'm half Costa Rican, half Mexican, uh, father of three, really lucky to be married to my best friend um, and work here locally in Orange County. Um, out of that, what specifically do you want to know? Well, a lot of things. Where did you grow up? Because I know uh, I had I had gone to one of your seminars where, you know, I always like tell people I really was, you know, wowed yeah. by it. Your story. Mm. I mean, your story says a lot and it's kind of impacted me because of where I come from. I yeah. grew up in, you know, in Santa Ana. You know, I'm I'm a child of five, mm. you know, low income. And so a lot of things that I learned, obviously, from my father, hardworking. But, you know, you shared a couple of things of your upbringing as yeah. well and how, you know, we're mold to to think one way yet, you know, I became curious at a, at a young age and I wanted more and I always thought, no, you know, we can do this or I can do that and they limited. But here we are, you know, we were kind of making history in ourselves and, yeah. you know, and making big things, I think, you know, yeah. for our community. But not only that, helping clients, helping our, you know, um, other people to, you know, buy their first home, yeah. you know, and, and the challenges that come along with it. So plenty of them. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Santa Ana. I was born in Fountain Valley, grew up in Santa Ana and um, Grew up kind of very similar to, I think, a lot of people who are from Santa Ana, sadly. Uh, and having to have a formation of thought change, right? Growing up where defense was kind of second nature, uh, survival was imperative, um, and lack of understanding how to leverage was crucial, right? Uh, my dad wanted to teach me three very important things, how to be the hardest worker in the room, how to have a really good education, and how to be a great dancer, Right. Those were the three things. Dancers. That, <laughs> I want to hear that story. Uh, the, those were the three major objectives that he had in raising me. Um, the education piece was not firsthand. Right. He wanted me to go learn from others because he knew he didn't have that learning for himself. Uh, my dad was an uh, immigrant over here. He used to be a kid uh, that sold chiclets on the border. And so being able to teach me an aspiration of something greater that he didn't have access to was his biggest goal in life. Um, with that being said, it's been amazing, right, to meet other people who, I don't know if you guys have heard Maria's story, but if you haven't, ask her out for a drink to just hear it because you are going to have a great time, you're going to laugh, and you're going to cry in one sitting. <laughs> uh, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, my background is coming from that. And as I continued to try to have a greater impact my dad's teachings of having me be a hard worker having me be all three of those things including the dancer um also coupled with my mom's heart to just always sacrifice yourself for others right she gave me an example of care that i could never have 
imagine would be so impactful in my life. Uh, we would pick up clothes and toys and we would take off to uh, El Valle de Guadalupe every other weekend. We had a ranch out there and she'd have me take my toys and clothes and just teach me how to give it away to others who are less fortunate. Wow. And so coupled with that heart and that drive, um, I wanted to help people and I ended up becoming a pastor and I was a pastor for about five years um, in Marietta, in Costa Mesa. I was a pastor for Calvary Chapel and I ended up overseeing all the international and domestic schools we had. So I traveled about 22 countries and I ended up jumping into finance um, because I started seeing that there was an opportunity to not grow old without a really good independent financial situation. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to be, um, in my own life, I didn't want to be a minister that was just dependent upon church employment. And so I wanted to create my own business. And one of the draws to mortgage was seeing my mom's story. She ended up being in a really bad financial situation because the person that she looked to for advice gave her the best advice he thought he could give her, but it was absolutely the wrong advice that she could have had. And so wanting to come into a world and help people learn bigger ideas in themselves and coupled and dovetailed off my dad's aspiration to teach me something bigger than what he was exposed to, I've been trying to do that in my, in, in my industry and in my mission here. And so uh, it's been neat now to be in this industry for about five years. Uh, you know, hit top 1% within year three. Uh, last year, we had a phenomenal year. Very, very blessed. Um, and now I do national coaching. Um, I do w webinars and events and I do keynotes. Uh, but most of all, we've developed a team that helps the family member get the advice that they should have so they can make better decisions overall in their life. So it's not just getting into the, you know, financing, getting someone a mortgage loan. You 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 go above and beyond to make sure that that family, you know, has, you know, the right information. You know, yeah. I know I went to one of your, you know, events and, and one of the things that, that really got my attention was you're not just there to give them a mortgage loan. Yeah. You know, you're there to educate them. Hey, you need a living trust. Hey, you need life insurance. Yeah. You know, because that becomes crucial down the line, right? Because it's always word of mouth how they always come back or they refer you to somebody. Yeah. And that becomes very more um, personal because you know you've done a, a great job. Yeah. But going above and beyond to being able to educate them you know because once again going back to where i grew up my parents never knew anything about investments yeah. 401ks never knew anything about health insurance and they were more let's just say my dad was a little bit more afraid right yeah. we never owned a home my dad was always the i'm afraid that the government's going to take it away from you Me. know us yeah. so let's just put my money under a mattress and you know that was kind of the mentality that they try to mold me to be afraid but i always knew there was more than just that and along that I learned investments 401k the importance of it yeah. uh, even investing in the market you know and bonds you know I worked at a credit union and I would see a lot of these people buying bonds and I was like what is a what bond yeah. yeah what is this little <laughs> you know $25 little bond you was at that time it was an orange little bond and I was like well, what is this like my parents never never mm. taught me that because they were never obviously they never learned that, never you it. know, so, you know, I know you do more than that for, for your clients, you know, mm -hmm. you, you educate them, you, you know, offer them other, you know, information that can benefit them in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I hear that, one of the things that hits me is that aspect of going above and beyond, 
And as much as I want to be proud of that, it's also a bummer to hear, right? Because in our industry, with what we do for clients, that should just be standard, right? Like I, I've been in rooms with realtors and, you know, I've asked the question, hey, what is your ideal performance for a real, for a lending partner? And the response comes out going that he, he or she communicates and that they close on time, right? Like it's always an, a reiteration of those two things. And that's so sad because from a financial standpoint, right, coming from being a pastor, I started realizing that I start learning more about people as their loan officer than I even knew about them being their pastor, Wow. right? Like yeah. I, I learned credit history, bank history. What are you spending your money on? What restaurant do you like going to? What F-ups have you had in life, right? Like you get to know people so personally and with all that information, we're just going to give them debt. And then we're going to think we do a good job and we go above beyond by, you know, just making sure that they get their debt on time. Yeah. And, and that's one of the passions that we had in even creating our company. There was a group of us top professionals who got together at the beginning of last year and created this company called Neo. And, and Neo is a, is a word that means new because we believe that there needs to be a new way that mm -hmm. the industry serves clients. Right. Like you see uh, big data companies utilizing now their they're stalking all you guys, right? right. Like they know exactly <laughs> when you're going to buy, when your credit score got better, when your value hit a point to refinance, and they're trying yes. to target you to just try to get more money from you. There's not really companies out there that are trying to be the opposite of that, right? Like when you think about some of these commercials and they make it seem so easy, click button, get mortgage. It's like, where do we think it's at all sensible to tell somebody it's it's a good thing for you to sit in the comfort of your bedroom, sit in your underwear and your chonies <laughs> and click a button click and get, a button. almost mm -hmm. get a, a, a million dollars worth of debt. Mm -hmm. That's stupidity. Yeah. And so what we really believe is that this above and beyond, I think for all of us, right, it doesn't matter what company you're with, I think all of us can be able to change the industry by having that above and beyond be the regular. Every client with the data we know about them, instead of trying to use them like the other companies to use the data and get more money out of them, how about we use the data and help them have a better life and create a better legacy? Mm -hmm. And you know, the things I you're agree. touching on is generational wealth. Yeah. That's a concept I know we weren't educated in when exactly. we were younger. Not even in school, no, which is sad. Not even in school. <laughs> and I, I teach financial advisors and I, I do some seminars for them as well. And even those that have the most amount of accolades, right? I, all of us have some type of accolade added on top. Like even for me, I'm a certified liability advisor, right? So I've taken courses to teach me how to make sure that I manage a part of the balance sheet, meaning somebody's overall portfolio. I manage their debt, right? I don't just get them in debt, but I help them manage it. And financial advisors typically help manage cash flow and assets and other aspects as well. But that's it in a, in a summary. And I'm sharing with them and even the guys that have like seven different things after their name and girls who have that, there's still things that they've never learned about real estate finance right. because it's so not taught anywhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, the generational wealth, right? What are you trying to accomplish? Like, have you ever looked at life insurance policies that can become somewhat savings accounts for you? Have you ever looked at asset protection where you don't have to worry about going to the judge and making sure that your dad's property ends up becoming yours because you had a trust? Right. Have you ever had these concepts that you can protect this stuff you work so hard for? Right. That That's the goal. That is the goal. You know, especially, you know, this living trust now that you touch on the living trust, you know, we get those a lot where they want to just remove somebody and add somebody, you know, like, 
you know, I've had some, the yeah. Latino community just like, hey, I'm just going to add my son into the property because I'm thinking about going to Mexico and I really don't know what yeah. to do. And, you know, I ask, how, how is your son? Is he responsible? Does he have any debt? Yeah. You know, well, you know, he got a ticket the other day and, <laughs> and, and it's like those stories kind of scare you because, yeah. you know, I always tell like, hey, you guys should look into a living trust. It's yeah. an umbrella and it can protect you from a lot. You don't have to just, you know, remove your yourself or add your son and you're going to go to Mexico, do a living trust and yeah. put that umbrella on your family. So that way, you know, we're not looking into at least for escrow. I've been seeing a lot of the, the properties that go to probate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing to realize that there is a goal, right? There, there's so many people I've spoken with and they're like, they, I've seen them be interviewed and they're like, Hey, why'd you get in the industry? And it's like, well, because I saw a better life. Right, I saw somebody with the nice cards and nice bags and nice this hat, and I wanted that, so I worked my tail off to get there. And a lot of us are motivated by the end goal, but as advisors, our goal is to be able to go, let's make sure you not only get the good stuff, but you keep the good stuff. Right. Right, and, and being able to show people a path to get there, it's not just grind. There's also something called leverage, and being able to leverage go there. Like, I've had a lot of people in my life, and, and you know, one of the one of the houses I just saw alert last night, we had a house in our neighborhood now sold for 1.89, right? Wow. And that is almost double the amount that we originally bought for. How long a, ago did you buy? A year and a half. A year and a half. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right, like people come and they go like, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to buy a house this expensive. And and the reality is I did a whole YouTube video on this where I talked about how I turned $21,000 into 500000 and now it's turned into 800000 But the, the concept there is leverage, right? Right now, crypto, all this stuff is is a big attention. And I love crypto, right? I'm, I'm going to be at a retreat in a few more weeks with um, a fantastic guy that is all about crypto. He's one of the leading people in the cryptocurrency space. And wow. we'll be with him for a set of about three different days in, in a retreat center in Santa Cruz. Um, and it's going to be fantastic. So I'm all about that. But the concept I want to share is that there's a distraction, I think, sometimes where people go, you know, I can make a 15% return on on crypto. So I'm going to put my money there. And, and you're looking at 20 grand. So, mm -hmm. okay. So you're going to make 15% on 20 grand. The beautiful thing about real estate is that money is your down payment and what do you get a bigger asset right right like i put twenty one thousand dollars as a down payment to get a six hundred and twelve thousand dollar asset then i sold that asset and i used ten percent down to now buy a million dollar asset mm -hmm. right and so my hundred turned into a million dollar asset and that million dollar asset with the appreciation growth turned into now 1.8 effectively wow and so yeah. being able to learn those paths is super crucial too and just I share that because my goal here is to be able to help people see there is so much opportunity for all of us, right? Right. Like when I talk to Maria, I get inspired every single time. I'm just like, <laughs> holy crap. Like there's yeah. so much you can accomplish. You can. And no matter the hurdles, if you get the right advice and you get the right teams, the possibilities are endless. Like we're not stopping here. Yeah, we're not. It's just a start. <laughs> it is. It's a start. And you said that you've just been in this industry for what? Did you say five years? Five years. Five years. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been in this industry for 20 years <laughs> and it just feels forever. But five years you've done and accomplished a lot. Yeah. So really you grateful. you have different hats and roles that you play. Yeah. And Neil, um, you train, you guide. How many do you, how many employees or who do you who do you have underneath you? 
Yeah, so we uh, we started the company at the beginning of last year. So started it with you know one employee. Uh, we've been told by you know many people who um, are in the boardroom meetings that we're one of the fastest growing companies they've ever seen in the entire country. We I think last time I saw we're either mid three hundred or four hundred employees now within one year. Wow. Um, I'm one of the. It, from a leadership standpoint, I'm the VP of production training, so I get to help people uh, just train on mm-hmm. how to give advice through different means and what type of formats to use that with. Uh, I'm a big process guy, right? So I, I, are you familiar with DISC, the personality test? Yes, yeah. I took one, and that was years ago when I used to work at the credit union. So they would make us take these tests to yeah. see the personality, see how it works, how it works, and yeah. how you were. And it was these little trick questions, <laughs> but it made you realize and ask. You know, you kind of ask yourself, which one am I? Yeah, <laughs> is this really me? Yeah, and yeah, it also gives you clarity of how to lean into your own strengths, right? And so. A lot of people are high D's, right? They perform, they're dominant, they go really strong. It's bottom line stuff. I'm a high I, which means I'm a big people person, okay. which Got means it. I'm a strength with people and also a weakness because there's a lot of people pleasing tendencies that go into that. But then I'm also, my my second highest was a C, right? More process centric. Wow. And so in my business, everything's been about process. And so I love being able to do the VP role and just share with people. It's not just about the advice you give. It's the way you tee up that advice so that you can be scalable as well. Like, um, you know, last year, huge year for us, right? We hit 94 million. We're super grateful to be at that production level. Thank you. And one of the things that was from a business standpoint I was really proud of was knowing how we helped over 170 families. Um, That was amazing and knowing what we're still doing with them now, managing their debt. But even from my employee standpoint, being able to have right hands and and substitutes that literally spoke to 80% of the clients that we have now uh, or did a lot of that heavy lifting with us was amazing. And that only comes by systems and processes. So when I first came into the industry, I got tutored by uh, and mentored by a real estate agent that did over 360 units a year. Oh, wow. He was insane. And he taught me that the number one thing you need to know about business is scalability. If you can't repeat it, if it can't be scalable, then it's not a business. Right. And so it's been amazing to be able to see from year one, start off with scalability. And now year five, being able to teach this model to so many others and seeing them grow their businesses so quickly. Uh, So that VP role is something really close to my heart. It's an outlet for me of creativity. Um, It helps me from a just cause standpoint, just feel better uh, about myself. And uh, yeah, I personally really enjoy that one. Nice. Good, good. So um, I know it's it's the question that everybody asks. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in the lending world, now that right now rates are coming up and they're high, where do you you see your company? Where do you see maybe this this market and this refi or sell? You know, know, everybody has the view. Everybody has an opinion about this. Some, you know, I mean, for years, even when the rates were at 2%, I would always hear the clients, oh, I know, I'm just going to wait until the market crash. And, you know, when is the right time to buy is one of the major questions that everybody asks. And, you know, and I'm sure you get these a lot, but I want to hear your opinion about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd love it. Um, So I know we've all probably been at the events where like people are like, when is the right time to buy? And every real estate industry professional goes, now, right? And it's like, sometimes that's correct. Sometimes it's not. It's all depending on goals. Where the market's at, 
right? I just bought a new property myself. We, we bought a second home uh, that we're going to be doing Airbnb for in Arrowhead. And it is one of those really strange moments where there's three of us that bought right next to each other. I felt like I got the worst deal and I'm in the industry. Oh, right? wow. Why is that? Because of the price point. Okay. And I was just like, dang it. But the reason they got a better deal was because they ended up getting into escrow anywhere from 30 to 45 days before I did. And within that just time, the market just moved that much. I got the best deal I could at the moment, but compared to them who started just 45 days before me, they got a better deal. Now I got a steal, right? Like it's just been amazing. Now there's no way you can get the house I got for the price I got it at. And so, you know, as far as market conditions go, this is such an interesting market because everyone feels discouraged from a consumer and from a professional. Like we have not had to work as hard as we've had to work for the same amount of deals this quarter than we've ever had to do. Right. Right. Like we are working like crazy. Refis are tough. We don't even have any refis. We haven't done refis since mid-January, um, which I still think they're there. And, you know, we're still having conversations around them. But it's just been really hard. Purchases are terrible to get in, offer accepted on. Inventory is drastically low. Right. It is a dog-eat-dog world out there. And we're having to work overtime to do the same amount of <laughs> yeah. loans. Mm-hmm. And so where is it going? Right. Everyone's discouraged from all angles. Uh, my personal take and, and why I'm even working as hard as I am, it's not for survival. It's because I know and I believe there's a new wave coming, right? right. Um, we see prices. There, I believe real estate is 100% immune right now uh, as much as it can be to the recession that's on the rise uh, or that's coming. Uh, when the recession hits, right, when you look historical activities, you see right. the Federal Reserve increase rates trying to combat inflation, which just took place. It's Mm -hmm. not the first time. When you look at this historically, whenever they do this, after that, a recession follows. And recession being a challenging economy, when the economy does bad, rates go down. So my projection is we'll keep seeing house prices increase and we will see rates drop. Mm -hmm. And the amount of deals all of us are going to have, but the amount of work clients are going to be needed as well, because there's going to be everyone who's now going to have another layer of not wanting to miss out, trying to buy with low rates. Price points are still going to keep going up. It's going to be crazy it's going chaos. It's going to be crazy, yeah. Crazy chaos. That is my personal opinion. That's why on my houses and what I look at, right, being able to leverage yourself, knowing that the amount of time you're going to borrow this money is most likely going to be a shorter time. Yeah. Right, knowing that we're all probably going to be refinancing again in the next year or two helps me then analyze what kind of loans that I'm going to look at, whether lender credits or arms or other different products, not paying points necessarily right now unless the client really wants to. Um, those are all the pieces that I think right now the market is calling for and what we're, what I am expecting personally. Um, I asked myself, you know, I, I saw a 40-year loan not too long ago at mm-hmm. a 6.5%, and that was, like, scary. And I was like, where is this coming from? And I'm here thinking I used to work back in the subprime times. Yeah. And you guys know that it, it, during the subprime times, I mean, it was good times. But those were some challenging, you know, loans. And, you know, we used to do the – I was an underwriter, and I think I used to do the negative – Amortization, 80, 20 stated, you name it. The worst possible loan that you can possibly give anybody. And that's when we saw that market crash when, you know, these people realized, well, I'm not paying anything towards the principal. To the contrary, I'm adding more to the principal that's increasing what my debt is, right? Mm -hmm. Do you see subprime coming back? There's legal restrictions that there's some pieces that just can't come back, right? Are there loans out there right now that they're similar to stated, 
but they're like no income loans. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no income loans as well. There's still other restrictions and requirements needed. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'm, I'm learned enough to really know if there's going to be that type of extreme loan coming over. What I, what I would know is that with the new generation of millennials, right, there is no longer this, hey, teach me what you know, Sosi, and I'm just going to trust you. Everyone comes up to you and goes, do you know as much as Google? Right? Like <laughs> Google told me this. Do you know, you that, know that much? That, right? You know? And so at this point, even if some of that stuff came out, I think yeah. it'd be really difficult to see a massive amount of the population blindly adopt that and set themselves up for the failure we've seen in the past. Too many right. of us have a form of PTSD, right? Like even for me, when I started looking at arm products, there was there was a shaking that happened in my bones because of what I saw with my family. And then I started realizing that there's a difference between an arm and you know a negative advertising loan that adjusted and blew up in people's faces. Right. And there's a difference what you can actually qualify for with true facts and what you were said you were qualified for with stated facts. So yeah, as far as that piece goes, I have no clue. I wouldn't think so. But even if it came, I, I don't know if it would actually put our e- industry or our economy in that much of a negative situation as it was the last time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's scary out there, but it um, it, it's for me, it's always like if, if you're ready to buy, buy. Yeah. If you can afford that payment, buy now. Um, California has become one of the state that has been very, very expensive to yeah. purchase. You know, I don't know what the average is in Santa Ana, but I've seen one. It's been more than 700,000 average in the city of Santa Ana. Um, you know, I've got people who we're just going to move to Texas or we're just yeah. going to move out of state. Um, it's still, there's different factors in different states. There's loan limits in different states. There's even tax loan rates. limits, tax rates. There's even yeah. loan limits here in California. Riverside County is, doesn't have the same loan limit that we have in Orange County. Yeah. So it just, it, it just can be the same. It's just different state, different, yep. different product, you know, for them. But um, it is very important. I always say that uh, buying real estate is very important. Yeah, it should be kind of for all of us embedded as one of the goals, right? Again, I hear so many personal finance guys and, and realize one of the keys about personal finance is it's personal, right? <laughs> like there's no program to try to sell you and you have to do it this way or that way. Um, but what I hear a lot is like, man, I, I don't want to buy a house. Like I bought this house and then they do like this graph going, I bought this house for this amount of money. This is how much I used on expenses, blah, blah, blah. And this is how much I, I, I missed out on the market if I would have just kept it in stocks. It's like, yeah, but not everyone has $800,000 to buy in house. Again, you missed the whole point of leverage. Right. Right? Like, what if you would have just bought it with the minimum down and kept your money in stocks so you could have been able to be get, getting bets of both worlds? And so I would 100% agree. Typically, buying now, if it keeps you within a means of living the life that is meant to live for you, right? And if it keeps you in the place where um, you're not just qualified, but you've gone through and you see that it's it's something of comfort, right? Because when you get a fixed payment, realize inflation is typically going to cause your, your income to still increase. So this is probably going to be the highest amount of debt you'll be paying in comparison to the income you're making. Right. Right. That That's one of the beautiful things that mortgages do is it helps you fight the invisible tax of inflation. In addition to that, this appreciation is is a pace that many of us cannot keep up with. So the illustration I use for clients is going, you know, I speak to clients who, unfortunately, they didn't make a year ago, a move a year ago, and now they can't qualify for the houses they wanted. And I'm trying to remind people that, did you ever read the Boxcart Children when you were a kid? I don't yes. Know why, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and I remember like reading some of the stories, right? Yeah. And these kids jump on when the train is going slow 
because when it starts going to the countryside, there's no way they can run and, and jump, jump onto it, mm-hmm. right? And so right now, affordability for many, the house that they wanted, that box cart's passed. Right. They have to jump in somewhere and keep running to be right. able to catch up to that dream home. And that is going to be the best plan for most. That's how I bought mine, right? They didn't just buy my house now right off the bat. I, I jumped on the box cart where I could and I kept actively saving, actively planning, and I set it up so I can catch back up to that box cart. There's my actual house is a few more box carts down and I'll catch up to that <laughs> one one day. But right? that's the encouragement I give people right now. Yeah, buy now if you can, if it yeah. makes sense. But meet with somebody to make sure it makes sense. Right. That's the goal. Yeah, and I always tell clients and even when, you know, I have even family members that ask me, obviously, we all have all those. We become the the go-to family yeah. member that they think that we know it all and like, hey, you know, I wanted to ask you how the market is going. I want to buy. Is it a good time? Hey, you know, I need Can't help with this. Hey, what's the interest rate? I... I, I <laughs> You know, I've learned to say, I'll be a different podcast. (laughs) Yes, that's going to be a different conversation of learning how to say no. But, you know, I come along with people like my own family that ask me, you know, where is it going? And it's kind of like, look, you know, go and interview different realtors, agents, lenders, and go, if you want to go to Bank of America, if you want to go to your Wells Fargo, go with your credit union, you know, go and see, but, you know, learn something and, 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 educate yourself as what is out there and what's going to be good for you, you know? And so when you know that and you interview a couple of banks, realtors, agents, and loan officers, you know, and kind of learn, okay, what's going to be the best fit for me. It's always go with your gut, right? Go with whoever you feel more comfortable, who is going to give you and answer all your, you know, questions that you have, because the importance of being a first time home buyer is crucial for us in the Latino world, you know, because, you know, not a lot of them are educated. Not a lot of them know, you know, the process of a first time home buyer. Yeah. A lot of them don't even know what escrow is, you know. So for me, I like those challenges. You yeah. know, I like to, you know, let them know, hey, here's what you need to do. If you have questions, ask me all the questions that, you know, that you have. That's what we're here for, because I want to be able to give that first time home buyer um you know, a, a good, successful, you know, story when they yeah. come, uh, when they teach their kids, because I've seen horrible stories on first time home buyers that yeah. they never told me they never did this. Now I'm stuck with this. And, you know, and I, those are the stories I don't like to hear, you yeah. know, but like I said, for me, it's always, you know, educate yourself, you know, ask as many questions as you want, you know, interview realtors, agents, you know, ask, and then that will give you comfort to buy your next home. And it's going to be your first time home buyer because yeah. it's very important. It's, it's a risk-taking for a lot of us to go yeah. and be like, okay, should I buy? Should I not buy? Let's just yeah. say for me instance, I lost during subprime times my homes, you know? Mm. Um, and, you know, that scare of is it the right time? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been in this in the industry for 20 years. And for me, it's kind of like, should I buy? Should I not buy? And me being in this industry for 20 years, you know, I should be more aware of, you know, when is the right time to buy? Yeah. And I learned that, you know what? The right time is going to be when you're ready and you're able to make that payment because rent, like you said, rent never goes down. Yeah. Rent always goes up. And at least if you refinance that home in five years and lower your rate or reduce your mortgage, you know, insurance, yeah, sure. the, the PMI that you yep. have, um, then you have a lower mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. And as you're looking around, right, to Maria's point, and you're, you're trying to see what fits best, my only encouragement to you would be make sure you don't settle for just what you think fits best. 
find somebody who teaches you maybe things you didn't know you even needed to know so you can redefine your concept of what's best, right? Because there's a big difference between being just told what you need to hear to feel good and being given an actual plan to make you a successful homeowner. Those, those many times are two different things, right? From a lender's standpoint, you shouldn't look for somebody who just teaches you and tries to give you debt in the fastest way possible and then abandons you afterwards. Good luck. Let me know how it goes, you know, managing $700,000. And when I'm ready for a refi, I'll call you so that I can try to see if I can sell you and make more money from you there. Right. Right? Like, and then from a realtor standpoint, you're not looking for a door opener. Like, this might be news for most of you guys, but there is a chance you're probably not going to f- – have your realtor find your house. You'll probably find your own home because no one's as d- addicted to the apps as a first-time home buyer, right? You wake up, you look at it. You're at the red light, you're looking at it. You're going to the bathroom, you're looking at it. You're going to sleep before you look at it, right? right? You're probably going to find your yeah. own house. But you need a negotiator. You need an advocate who's able to help you get into the house at the right price, especially with the competition, who's able to help you identify what things you didn't even need, know you needed to be aware of, right? This is where the true professionals can actually shine. And that's what I would encourage you guys to look for. Explore, ask questions, and make sure you're not just getting your questions answered, but you're giving new answers to questions you didn't even know you had. That, that'd be my encouragement for a first-time homebuyer. Yeah. So let's um, leave this podcast with a little bit of motivation. Yeah. Um, give us something to motivate people, in, not only just to buy, but life-changing, you know, because yeah. you're a life coach, you know, and some of the times we need to kind of fix ourselves, right, yeah. to be mentally right um, in all aspects, right? If you're not mentally right, you're not prepared for yeah. family, for business, for anything, right? So give a little advice to all our, you know, audience out there and, you know, so we can just you know yeah you know, it's funny because we're uh i was joking with one of my buddies this week and we we're talking about some of the coaching we've paid for right and, and just full transparency i think i've spent one i never thought i'd spend this much money in my life but i've spent tens of thousands of dollars on coaching and one of the greatest things i've gotten from one of my coaches is just a simple statement knowing that you yourself, right? Or like if I was, if, if we're helping each other, we'd be looking at each other and remembering the person in front of you, or if you're looking in a mirror, the person in front of you has everything they need for all the right answers, right? Being able to just know internally, you have it there. You might not feel like you have it there, but you have it there. And then in addition to that, knowing that the way you identify what you have that you don't even know you have, right? That ability to be strong, mm-hmm. right? That ability to be smart, that ability to drive yourself, the ability to get into a new level of life, society, success that you never even dreamed you can get to. That ability usually comes not just with determination, but with a lot of self-reflection in curiosity and no judgment. So what I would encourage all you guys is to look in the mirror and know that person you're looking at has all the right, all the answers and necessities inside of themselves for the most success they want to get to. And look at yourself with curiosity and no judgment. Don't get on yourself because you're not doing things the right way or you're not being able to wake up in the right way that you wanted to or you saw this reaction that shows the ugly side of you. Don't judge yourself. Be curious of why you did what you did and why you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And find some clarity there for yourself to heal, to get to that next level. And with that kind of tool and path, you'll probably be in a way different level of success than you ever thought you could be at. Right. That'd be it. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. And see you guys next time. See you guys soon. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. (laughs)